Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you are listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. It's a pleasure to be here, and we're back in the beautiful confines of central Indiana here for the next uh, the next little bit here before we head back out to begin uh, the Truth Tour. So appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much for joining us. Email. You know what? Actually, the best way the best way now. To communicate with me is on our circle community, and we're in the process of getting that ramped up. In fact, Oz is sitting here with me now, um, so we need to we need to um, start posting some things about the Truth Tour and begin to use our community community.tadhaveshow.com. That's the best way to get me now um, with questions, comments, feedback, adoration, and praise. Of course, also always accepted. You can also email me. I'll, I'll allow it. Todd at com is another good way to get me. So I appreciate you being here. No matter when you're listening, no matter where you're listening, no matter how you're listening, whether you're listening on the radio, whether you're listening to this on podcast, um, it's a pleasure. And we're going to work on getting our social channels back up as well. There's a few challenges in the mobile studio for the Truth Tour that – uh, we're trying to deal with here, but that will be happening in due course. So, I want to start today. I want to start today with some comments. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> one of the things that interests me is "Let's Go Brandon." Um, Oz was telling me about that over over the weekend. I had not seen this or heard this, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. But I want to start. I want to start with um, Jen Psaki on Friday. Jen Psaki on Friday. I want to to, to kind of break down some comments um, regarding what sorts of problems. I mean, it's it's obvious, folks. To me, this is this is such a as Rush used to say, a teachable moment. Right, we had again. I know we 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 do this from time to time, but just think back to the hysteria of 2016. I remember remember people were screaming at the universe, "Ah, Trump's president!" Right, crying, screaming at the universe, asking for better karma, asking for all sorts of things to be changed so that we wouldn't have the well. What they would say would be an incompetent individual leading this country. Screaming, crying. We had cry-ins. I mean, remember remember this. As, as I'm talking about this, things are popping back into my memory. We had, literally, we had requests for service animals. Service animals to help people cope with the Trump presidency. I knew someone, and I'm even drawing a blank on who told me this, but I distinctively remember the conversation. It was someone who said they had a... Now, follow this. They had a cousin who had a roommate. I think it was a cousin who had a college roommate 
who cried, the, I think the week, I think this person didn't go to class for the whole week after, tw- after Trump won the presidency in 2016. I mean, they were in hysteria. The, and this was, of course, all intentional. This was all created by the media. This was all created by the Democrats. I mean, they really thought we've got a serious problem here because we've got a guy in office, right? And once once the shock wore off, and once they realized that they they couldn't do anything to stop it, they realized, okay, we've got to do something to mitigate this immediately. We've got to deal with reality. And one of the first people to put on her <laughs> big girl pants was Maxine Waters. She started clamoring about impeachment, and of course, we have documentation that showed that the Democrats were calling for impeachment publicly on day 11. Day 11 of Trump's presidency. We're at something like two, I think it's 264, 265, something like that for for Biden right now. And if you do the math, incidentally, and you realize how much more damage this guy can do um, in three more years, it's astronomical. But the hysteria that we had in 2016 all the way up to 2020. They used the hysteria. They started right then and there to do two things, right? Two things. One was to cause so much turmoil and division in this nation that made it impossible to do anything, well, for the folks that weren't sure where they stood politically or were a Democrat, they wanted them to hate Trump so badly that they would vote literally, literally for anybody who was a Democrat in 2020. By the way, that's what happened for many folks who voted for Joseph R. Biden. They didn't even know what they were getting. They just voted for anybody who wasn't Donald Trump. The other thing, the other thing they they sought to do was just to simply keep Trump from from governing in 2016, 17, 18, 19 because they thought here's a guy that's kind of serious about what he's talking about. He's talking about lowering taxes. He's talking about you know, making d- defending liberty and freedom, they do not want this. I know, I know. You you go back to, for those of you who had civics course. You go back to civics and you you say this is not. We didn't we we didn't learn about politicians who didn't believe in the American way, folks. We have at least half of Congress and arguably more that does not believe in America as founded. We don't, and so all this anger, all this rage, all this created turmoil and paranoia from Russian collusion to impeachment number one to impeachment number two, you name it. All that led up to 2020. And so they had all these hopes, right? They had all these hopes, all these ambitions and dreams and aspirations that anybody who wasn't named Donald J. Trump that was a Democrat was going to usher in. And folks, it has been nothing short of an unmitigated disaster. The media knows it. The general public knows it. Biden's approval numbers are falling through the floor, as they should be, right? Falling through the floor, 38% or some such some such number. So you've got you've got all this kind of stuff going on, right? You've got all this uh, that that's that's the backdrop. And now the reality is setting in. The reality is setting in, and we now have questions to the Biden administration. Hey, you're you're 9 months in or whatever the number. I don't even I don't even want to think about the number because it it it's not enough 
Because, again, when I think about the amount of time he's served in office and then how much more damage he can do given how much damage he's done in these eight, nine months, whatever it is, I shudder for my country. I shudder for my children. I shudder for your children, for your businesses, for your churches. I shudder for this. It's unfathomable what has been happening. And so it's so bad that they're actually getting questions. They, the the Biden administration, the Democrats, about why why things are so bad. They're actually finally getting these questions. They're no longer asking questions about Biden's favorite ice cream. They're no longer simply sitting there acting as though Biden is this harmless little grandfatherly figure who occasionally makes a gaffe. I mean, the White House, every time the White House has a live stream to some event where Biden is speaking, they're cutting that thing the second the script is over. The second Biden starts to take questions, if he does take questions at all, they cut that thing because they know Biden talking is the absolute worst thing. The worst thing that they can have is people seeing their guy. Think about that. The worst thing politically for today's Democrat Party is for the president of the United States to be out there talking off script, off teleprompter, whatever. That is the worst possible thing. Let that sink in for a moment. If if what they had told us the past five years, four years now, or whatever it is, with, with since Trump's election until Biden uh, became president, if if all the stuff that we were told to be afraid of and terrified with Trump is now gone and we have a guy who's finally there, finally there, who's doing things the right way, the way it should be done, they should be broadcasting every opportunity they have. And by the way, who does do that? Trump's out there in Iowa making speeches, getting crowds together that are of astronomical sizes, and it's no coincidence that he picks Iowa, by the way, which Iowa is the side of the first caucus in what 20 for 2024 which will begin um not i mean it's really not too long from now i mean we still have to endure quite a bit here but but that process is beginning to you know take some sort of shape nothing definitive yet you know there's more rumors about trump running and all that sort of thing but he's out there he's out there every chance he gets they have to literally shut him down folks from having social media platforms, right? I mean, Biden, we've seen this. Biden on his YouTube channel, there's been all sorts of, well, they're allega- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fair here. They're allegations. Allegations of like fake likes because you'll see when things happen in real time, Biden's YouTube channel or Facebook or whatever, I, I think it's YouTube. The, the number of downvotes is astronomically large in comparison with, with upvotes, for those of you that navigate those channels. But then, a short time later, you'll see those numbers dramatically shift. And there's allegations that say, look, they're out here, you know, <laughs> they're out here messing with these numbers as well, right? They're out here messing around with these numbers to make it look like it's not as bad as what it is. And then on top of that, I've alluded to it off the top, at the... Uh, what was it, Oz, a NASCAR race? What was it? We love Brandon? Is that what? No. 
Well, I know what they were saying. I know what the crowd... Let's go, Brandon. The crowd... <laughs> so now there's a thing, right? At college football games, at NASCAR races, at maybe other professional sporting events, I don't, I don't know, where the crowd starts chanting... Uh, what's the appropriate way to say this? I guess I just have to say... Can I say F U Biden or F Joe Biden? Is that what it is? F Joe Biden. That's what the crowds are chanting, right? And you've seen people, you've probably seen the tweets or the posts. How does 81 million people vote for a guy that then has a stadium full of college, of college students? These are the people who should be voting for Biden in droves, chanting F Joe Biden. And I'll let you <laughs> determine what the F word means on your own there. I'm trying to keep this. PG, uh, and uh, in compliance, of course, with the FCC. But you've got that chant going on at college football stadiums and NASCAR races, and you've got it happening. Um, well, when it does happen, I should say, this this reporter, and I don't know who the reporter was at the NASCAR race, she, she said to uh, this NASCAR driver, and I got to tell you, I don't follow NASCAR, I know some of the older names, but I don't even know who this this guy was. So if I've got NASCAR fans out there, please, please forgive me. Brandon, Brandon is his first name. I'm trying to scroll down here. Brandon Brown. So he had just won the NASCAR uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the fans are chanting "F Joe Biden" <laughs> Biden in the background, and he, she's doing the, the interview with the champion, and she makes some comment. That says, well, her name is Kelly Stavast, Stavast, S-T-A-V-A-S-T. She says, the crowd's back here chanting, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Versus the other one, which I can't chant. Blank Joe Biden, right? So, this is the landscape. This is if, if these chants, now I know NASCAR, I know NASCAR, that is, that's solid Trump country. I get that. I get that. In fact, when we go around camping, which we do with our truth tour, I tell I tell my wife that, you know, these are like this is this is America. I mean, look, everybody who's American is, you know, and, and living the dream. But the the people that are camping that I've run into love America. These are people that fit right in with the listeners of, of this program. And the NASCAR fans do as well. These are people that love their country. They're proud. They know it's not perfect, but they love freedom. They love the Constitution. They love the Declaration. They love the story, the opportunity of this great nation. They love it. I love it. You love it. But to hear these chants at a college football game, now I get SEC football, you know, you're in the South. By the way, my Alabama Crimson Tide lost over the weekend. You know, they win so often, I got to tell you, I don't even know how to process a loss, but I didn't see it. I was listening to it, and it sounds like they deserve to lose, to be quite honest. Would not want to be their next opponent, by the way. Usually when they do lose, which is about once every year or two, uh, the next opponent gets throttled. I mean, like 40 points. We'll see. Who knows? I'm not making predictions. But I get SEC football, right? Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida Gators. Like, that's... But folks, this is expanding outside of the, those areas. And now the crowd, the leaving people behind. I saw uh, Oz showed me a, a picture 
behind the ESP, I think it was ESPN College Game Day anchors, someone was holding a sign up that said, let's go Brandon. They're now mocking the media for not acknowledging that the crowd is really saying blank Joe Biden. And that's what's being said in college campuses around this great nation at football games and NASCAR races that who knows what I think. Something similar was said. I don't know about this weekend's. Was there, I think there was UFC this week. No, there wasn't. There was a boxing uh, boxing match. There might have been UFC. But I know UFC has said the same sort of thing, especially when Trump goes to some of those. He showed up at one of the UFC events. Folks, the point is America knows. And we've done. we've seen this now for eight, nine months. They've seen just the two administrations. They've seen... The complete mismanagement, or if you believe that this is intentional, which I think you can make a heck of a case to say that creating problems is the specialty, specialty of those in big government, because what they do is they create a crisis that they didn't they didn't seek to say we can solve. The American people say, oh, please, well, the left anyway, please help us by solving this problem. And the government says, oh, we'll be happy to do that. All you have to do is give us more of your liberty, more of your hard-earned money, um, and vote for us again. And this works for a lot of people. They promise gimmies and all this sort of stuff, paybacks. to the. All you got to do is X, and you'll get free college tuition, or you'll get all your dreams and wishes funded by the federal government. But regardless, this is happening even to people who are sometimes hypnotized or attracted to that sort of rhetoric. There are still the ones out there saying blank Joe Biden. And now they're mocking the media for saying, let's go Brandon, holding up signs. And now they're even, I think they're chanting, let's go Brandon, to mock the media for not even covering what they're really trying to say, which is blank Joe Biden. Folks, this disaster of an administration is on display for anyone who has eyes to see And for ears to hear, they can see what is going on. They can see this is exactly the opposite in almost every situation. It's like George Costanza. When Jerry said to him, if everything you do is the wrong thing, then by definition, if you do the the opposite, you'll do the right thing. And so George started doing this. The Democrats have embraced the opposite of what's logical. They are doing whatever, whatever they Um, whatever is is contrary to freedom, to liberty, the way this country was founded, that is what they are doing. That That is the direction they're taking us. And it's taking us further and further into the abyss, and folks are seeing it. That's where I get excited, because it's terrifying to see us venture in this direction, but people do get to see it. And I'm not saying, I'm not one of those people that believe we have to let it happen so that people can see it, but... I do see that as the silver lining in the cloud here and say this opportunity, the opportunity exists right now, right now, today, for more people to be persuaded to constitutional conservative uh, conservatism than potentially at any other point in my lifetime. It is today, right now, and we have an opportunity to persuade. I've got to take a time out really, really, really long in this segment. Oz is completely given up hope of keeping me on track here. That's okay. But quick time out when we get back. We'll pick up. I'm going to play a soundbite from Jen Psaki, get into some other things as well. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part, brought to you in part by our friends at Edwards Equipment. Edwards Equipment located in Danville, just a little bit west of Indianapolis. Definitely not too far to drive if you're looking uh, for something, a large tractor or a large piece of equipment where you potentially could save yourself money, find a better piece of, uh, find just a better fit for what you're looking for. So Edwards Equipment in Danville is a, a proud sponsor of this program. By the way, you can find a list of other sponsors by visiting supportouradvertisers.com. And look, all we ask is that you give them give them a chance, those folks on that, on that page. They help bring you this program each and every day, supportouradvertisers.com. So let's get back to it here. I mean, the point is, this morning, as we're going through this, the point is, is to demonstrate or to, I guess, um, just to review just how truly bad everyone knows that this administration um, is. How pathetic it is. I mean, when you're getting questions by the fake news media about um, how bad things are, folks, things are atrociously bad. Here is... I said it was Friday. This was this is actually Thursday. Maybe it was Friday. No, it was Friday. I'm looking at the date wrong. It would be Friday. So this is just an example. Jeremy Diamond from CNN. That's right. The Clinton, Clinton News Network. That's what my high school uh, history teacher, conservative guy, used to used to call it other folks call it the communist communist news network there's other you know creative things you can throw in for their uh, that acronym as well but CNN right at least CNN I know Don Lemon says he gets accused of being conservative conservative on a regular basis but back here in reality we know CNN is really nothing more than the equivalent of the PR firm of the Democrat Party and the Biden administration. They're ask, actually asking tough questions like this. Here you go. Listen to this exchange. CNN's Jeremy Diamond and Jen Psaki. Of course, you know who Jen Psaki, Jen Circleback Psaki, um, is uh, press secretary at the White House. Here you go. You're just going kind of big picture here. Um, today we saw another jobs report that fell well below expectations, the smallest jobs gains in nearly a year. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. Inflation is up. Uh, the president is struggling to get the rest of his uh, Build Back Better agenda passed through Congress. How do you assess where things stand right now with regards to, uh, to his presidency? And, and do you see a need at this point to course correct, perhaps? We certainly don't see things as darkly as you do. Um, look, the president's focus is on... Uh, you know, pause. What do you mean you don't see things as badly as he does? He talks about inflation is up. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. By the way, having traveled um, with our uh, fifth wheel and um, truck over the past few days, I can assure you that gas prices are high. Right, you know, if you drive uh, much, I guess it depends on the part of the country. But by and large, gas prices are up. 
right? Jobs report fell well below expectations. Shocking. Experts, again, headline of that could be experts were wrong yet again. How do you assess Jeremy Diamond S. Where things stand right now with regards to his presidency, and do you need to see some sort of a course correction? Right? They're asking about, do you guys need to change course? Right? Literally, they're asking that. She says they don't see things as badly as that. Stagflation. Trump was on this this issue in in Iowa. Talked about stagflation. The comp the combination of a stagnant economy, an economy that's not growing, and rising prices. That's what we're entering into, folks. We're into Jimmy Carter's second term. That's that we're in that in those territories now. In that territory. We've got Afghanistan, we've got a southern border crisis, we've got inflation, actually maybe stagflation, we've got bad economic numbers as far as unemployment. We have terrible polling numbers. I don't know Anything that is headed on the right track for this nation. And Jen Psaki says, we don't see it nearly as, uh, what'd she say? We don't see it uh, nearly as, what'd she say? Quite as bad as you do to her, some such thing there. What are you talking about? Here's the rest of what she says. Let me, let me play the rest of this. Just going kind of big picture here, um, today we saw another jobs report that fell well below expectations, the smallest jobs gains in nearly a year. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. Inflation is up. Uh, the president is struggling to get the rest of his uh, Build Back Better agenda passed through Congress. How do you assess where things stand right now with regards to, uh, to his presidency? And, and do you see a need at this point to course correct, perhaps? We certainly don't see things as darkly as you do. Um, look, the president's focus is on on uh, leading through a challenging time. And that has been his focus from the first day he took office. Uh, if you look at the data month over month, as I noted a few minutes ago, we, he has also created 5 million jobs under his presidency. We've created an average of 500,000 jobs a month. We are at a faster rate of economic growth, a lower rate of unemployment than in quite some time. That's progress. That's moving exactly in the right direction. And as it, as it relates to the president's agenda, uh, we're continuing to press forward forward uh, with uh, members of Congress who have a broad range of views about the path forward. But we're making progress. The president remains confident. We're going to get it done. Uh, And this is what governing looks like. This is what governing looks like, she says. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, you know, she, she throws some stuff out there. Context is king, though. Right? This president created 5 million jobs. Really? Is that really what happened? We'll talk about it after the break. And by the way, we'll also talk about who actually creates jobs. And I'll tell you right now, it is not the president of the United States. It is not the government. Oh, it drives me insane when there's talks like this. There could certainly be things the government could do to help create jobs, but they have never created on their own one single – they just haven't. Not without taking from people who have prospered in some form of taxation. Quick timeout. Listening to conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, something else, Jinsaki. I, I tell you, 
the idea, the idea that Kaylee McEnany or Sean Spicer, but they really hated Kaylee McEnany. Yeah, they really hated Kaylee McEnany because she was feisty. She was a female. You can't, you know, Trump supposedly just hated females. The only ones that care about females is the Democrat Party. And the reason they care about females is because, well, they're pro-choice and you can't be pro-female if you're not pro-choice. This is the narrative anyway. Of course, I find myself wondering what about the females in the womb that we're actually aborting. But that's another topic and discussion all together. But in this, Jen Psaki, I really mean this, is absolutely atrocious at her job. Now, even, even taking into account their job is to spin, spin, spin. Their job is to never give the media a soundbite, or in particular the Republican Party a soundbite, that can be used against them in, in some future election or some fundraising capacity or whatever. They, they are getting – they're not going to admit to any wrongdoing. This is as close as they're going to get, right, by uh, basically getting a question and having to answer it. So getting the question from complicit media is as close as we're ever going to get. We're not going to ever have uh, a Democrat administration that says, yes, we just, we've screwed up. You know what? We had, we had an awakening here, and our way of governing just doesn't work. Instead, it's always something else. It's Trump's fault. It's the taxpayers' fault. It's the people who won't get the vaccinations' fault. And that came up in the, in the press conference as well. Jen Psaki, worst press, press secretary in, that I can think of. I'd have to go back. I'm sure there's a, ter- a couple terrible ones in, Bi- or in, in Obama's or the O'Biden-Bama administration as well. Um, but she's, she's terrible at this. Even factoring in that I know their job is to be professionally deceptive. So she she gets a question here about Biden's approval rating, and she explains from her perspective or from the perspective of the administration why why they think they're having bad numbers. And this is what this is that interaction. Here it is. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, the, uh, the president's very tough approval ratings these days. I know you probably like to talk about polls, and you might say that they don't mean anything, but um, it's also fair to say the White House, when there are good polls, you, you publicize them. So what do you make of these really terrible polls? Uh, are they that he's doing something wrong? Is it just the communication? Or is it that he's doing the popular things that have to be done? Or something else. Okay, so the, so the question was, is he doing things that people just don't like? Is he doing things that have to be done, but he's just you know not, not able to communicate it? What is this disconnect? To help us to understand, here's your chance. I'm teeing this up for you to tell us why, why it is that we don't understand the brilliance of what the Biden administration is doing and, and why the people being polled don't see the brilliance as well. This is her response. Well, look, I would say that this is a really tough time in our country. We're still battling COVID, uh, and a lot of people thought we'd be through it. Uh, including us. Uh, and we, because of the rise of the Delta variant, uh, because of the fact that uh, even though it was a vaccine that was approved under a Republican administration, uh, even though uh, we now have full FDA approval, and even though it's widely available across the country, we still have a quarter of the country who have, uh, less than that, uh, 20% of the country who've decided not to get vaccinated. No question that's having an impact. 
Uh, and of course, as the president has said, the buck stops with him. Uh, that's Doesn't far and away like the it. biggest issue in the minds of the American people, and it's impacting a lot of issues. We've talked a little so. bit about the supply chain. We've talked about uh, you know people's safety and feeling in the workforce. And so our focus is, uh, yes, not, not exactly on, on the day-to-day up and downs of the polls. Our focus is, is on getting the pandemic under control, uh, returning to, uh, to uh, life, a version of normal, uh, so people can uh, have security and going into work and dropping their kids off and uh, knowing people will be safe. Um, and that's uh, where we think we should spend our time and energy. Okay. They don't think about the day-to-day polls. That is all these folks think about. A hundred percent. They walk in there to their meetings every day just to talk about what people think about the things that they're doing or what can they, uh, how can they spin public opinion so that it is uh, favorable to them uh, from an electoral sense or from a fundraising sense or from a, uh, any other sense that, that can help them politically. That's, this is what they care about. This is, this is insane. And to say it's your, if you haven't been vaccinated, it's your fault. Incidentally, the number of COVID uh, cases is now dropping pretty steadily. So we'll see if the American people still have negative thoughts about Biden here after this wave of COVID, God willing, continues to go down. What are they going to blame? Oh, they'll find something. Don't believe me. You know this. They will find something that is not named Joseph R. Biden or Kamala Harris. Or any other Democrat, it's probably Trump or some Republican, or you if you've not been vaccinated. That's right. You are responsible for people not liking Biden because you didn't get vaccinated. This is absolutely astonishing. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. I was thinking about this during the break. If you if you were put in charge, now look, I want to be clear. We don't have a king. We have a president. A lot of people think we do have a king. It's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's kind of sad that people were worked into a frenzy that Trump was going to declare himself a dictator or king or whatever, the great monarch, the great emperor. But what that did is that actually made people, um, you know, on their defenses. And I'm glad. By the way, I'm not happy with how the media portrayed that. But I think it's always healthy for the American people to have a healthy resistance to anyone, any person in power. Be be skeptical. Be resistant to giving them authority that's not within the Constitution. That is just wise and appropriate. That's what we should do as citizens of this great nation. We should be on the guard, on our guard against that. But what the, the time that it's actually more dangerous is not when the media is clamoring from the mountaintop how dangerous someone is. The time it's most dangerous is when there's no discussion of that. The time that it's most dangerous is when we're talking about someone's jump shot or how cool they sound when they talk or... Uh, their favorite flavor of ice cream, right? That's the time when the media isn't holding truth to power, as as we say, as has been said. That's the time that we should be most skeptical. And that we're much closer to that time now 
than we were with Trump. And it's for anyone who's intellectually honest, I don't see how they could say anything else. You, they could make the claim that Trump wanted to be. I'm not saying I agree with this. That Trump wanted to have the powers of a monarch. But as far as the, the stage being set for when that is most likely to be the case, that is true when we have the environment like we have today. And on top of that, here's my question to you. If you if your job, let's say you got elected to be president of the United States, and you wanted, your intent was to make life a living hell for Americans. That's just, you, you hated this country for whatever reason, right? You just... You wanted to get back, get even. You wanted to you know, fundamentally change this country, whatever. I, I ask you, what else, what else could you do in nine months that are, is as disastrous as what we've been dealing with right now? The only thing I can think of right now as I'm asking that question is, is start another war somewhere around the globe, um, which – because American weakness, weakness of the, the executive, the chief executive, the commander-in-chief, since American weakness is what's truly provocative to the rest of the world, that's what we're actually seeing tensions rise. In fact, China is now challenging Taiwan, uh, Taiwan and that whole situation uh, there. I don't have time, obviously, to get into that. But what would you do differently if you wanted to make this nation a dumpster fire, as Biden has done? Could you have intentionally made things worse. I don't short, short, uh, short of starting a war, I don't think you could. Quick time out. Back here in just a minute. Now, folks, I'm serious. What if your task, and I'm not saying this is a noble task, but if your task if your task was to make things terrible for the United States of America, what would you do differently? I'm being serious because I don't know if you intentionally sought out to make things bad, which some of you are saying that's exactly what they're doing. And I'm not arguing with that. I'm simply saying, I'm simply saying, what would you do? I don't think you could make it worse. I don't. Unless you start a war. Got to go. STG. See you tomorrow. Take care.